you should probably pre-write an announcement. That's true. I also need to swap to the correct mic. Yeah. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. Talk okay, a little bit. Clap a lot. Yeah, okay, we're good. Here are some claps. Have fun. All right. Write that announcement, and then we should be good to go. This is updated. Also, open it. The other thing. Okay. Do. Um, all right. I'm going to start a streaming behind the blue curtain. All right. And we're going live now. Hello. Welcome to Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Sanctum of Domination, right? But before we do that, Buddy, I want to tell the folks on what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we finally talk about something related to fucking video games after, you know, however many, like, weeks and weeks of The Matrix and movies and all this other and stuff. And we did the derpies, finally, which is video game focused. That's true. That definitely had a lot of video games. <coughs> we are taking a look back at the uh, at the the only raid actually I guess that that released in the year of our Lord 2021 right because it came out right in the middle of the year um, Castle only... Nadria came out at the end of 2020 uh, and uh, the sepulchre of the first ones which is the next raid is coming out sometime in the next couple of weeks or months um, so yeah so the only raid the only wow raid that came out in 2021 was the Sanctum of Domination, a 10-boss raid as part of the 9.1 Chains of Domination patch. Included a bunch of stuff, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about all of it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So. you initially said the only raid, and I was to be like, uh, "You better specify that," because I'm sure the FFXIV nerds will come out of the woodwork and be like, "Oh, actually, yeah, <laughs> that's true." Well, I mean, you know. Because raids in, in 14 are also, like, weird and different, because they have way fewer bosses, mm. right? Like, there is a raid with Endwalker, but I think it only has four bosses. Yeah, I'm um, not sure exactly how it works. And then maybe there's Destiny raids. It's the only other thing that I think has raids yeah. in the traditional sense that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, Destiny raids are, like, six-man. They're, like, basically, like, they're closer probably to dungeons, I think, on, on kind of the experience level. 
Um, yeah. Honestly, even that's even true for Final Fantasy raids, right? Because like the Final Fantasy heroic, like like hard raiding environment is eight people, which like is very different than twenty. Yeah. People. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of where our raid, you know, hung around at. Whatever. I mean, I I guess that's one of the one of the intricacies of all of this, right? Wow, raids are pretty big, and um, and so yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Where should where do we where do we start uh, with this whole thing? Well, do we want to do we want to start with with uh, with? But do we want to do it by boss? Do we want do you want to talk about anything like surrounding it? Do we, we should start. We do it by boss. I think we go in order, right? Okay. Least. Sure. Um, yeah, so, okay, doing it by boss, that makes sense. Number one, we have the terror group, right? Um, the introductory boss to every raid is always a, I don't want to say like a simple fight, but it's always like an easy, you know, kind of like onboarding. Nobody wants to get stuck on the first boss in the raid, no matter what difficulty you are on. Um, and the terror group had that interest, has like the core mechanic that is interesting about him is that you kill a bunch of the trash around him to get some anima powers. And, uh, and that, like makes you you know f- fucking juiced and steroided which like i think at a flavor level i really liked and on a gameplay level i was sort of fine with um but otherwise he, he didn't he was sort of nothing special there wasn't really anything uh in particular that like got me amped for for like doing the terra grew the the only thing that i will say that i, th- I found super entertaining about the terra grew was the last phase where like he's stomping around killing everybody um, oh yeah that is honestly one of my favorite it's not even it's not an rage but like it's it's one of my favorite phase things that i think i've ever seen them do and i would like to see them do more of right because what happens is uh the terra grew gets just like insanely buffed he does 500 percent more damage and the way that this is supposed to work is your two tanks ping pong the terra grew with taunts right so right as he's about to hit and one shot one of your tanks the other tank taunts him off and he starts walking across the room everybody else is like you know dealing a bunch of execute you know trying to kill him off before this happens i don't know that we ever did that successfully almost every time both tanks died it was just like tank one dies tank two dies but at that point he's at you know two percent health and the rest of us can kind of like kill him before he wipes the raid yeah i think i think both you and i have used our like you know off spec taunts to pull to pull the the terror grew to like hopefully pull it out yep. for a couple more seconds but you know oh i you know well there's also an interesting interaction with arms warriors because the defensive that i have is called die by the sword which increases my parry chance to 100 percent. so if i taunt and die by the sword i can hold the terror grew for eight seconds, right? Because I'm parrying all of his attacks. But once that eight seconds is over, he one-shots me. Yeah, I mean, and similarly, right? Like, monks have a lot of mobility, right? So I can taunt and, like, you know, roll away for a little while. And you just, yeah. like, you know, like, I don't often have the opportunity to use Provoke in Windwalker, right? Like, um, and so, you know, an opportunity to just kind of, like, throw it out there and be like, yes, I have this ability as well um, is, is super fun. Provoke uh, is actually weirdly bad for this because it increases the movement speed of the target. So it makes the terror group chase faster for three seconds, right? Right, so right. You know, what else am I gonna fucking use provoke? Right. Imagine like, being a brewmaster. I, I I never like asked or knew any brewmasters that tanked uh, terror group, but I wonder if they had like a really shit time because provoke was just like an awful alternative. Was, like yeah. it just immediately gets on them. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing it from far enough away, though, I don't know if it's and plus. You know, brewmasters also have the roll, roll, right? Like, they have the mobility as well, so... um, Yeah, monks definitely have, like, the most mobility. Um, 
of of a tank, I think. Just because also, like, I think Transcendence itself is, like, an insane yeah. piece of mobility. So you combine rolls, you combine Transcendence. That's just a lot of opportunity. Yeah, the, I think the uh, only, the only one that would even come close would maybe be Demon Hunter. Um, and yeah. that's also, like, scenario-specific, too, right? Like, um, uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, I don't think there's a ton... To jump into there about 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 the so here's my here's my here's my question. Do you think it's better or worse than Shriekwing, right? Who was the first boss of mm -hmm. Castle Nathria, the bat boss? You had to you know uh, avoid the little echoes on the ground or whatever. Um. So <coughs> depends on what you mean by better, right? Like that's a tough question. Um. <coughs> I think so. There's a couple. So the big thing that pops out in my mind is that you can't really parse on Terragru because it's so dependent on, like, these random anima powers, right? Yep. And on the one hand, that's frustrating because there's, like, no benchmark to improve on. But on the other hand, I don't have to worry about parsing on Terragru because it's not going to ever, like, measure up. Like, you know, it's, it's nonsensical, right? Like, yep. you know. Um, so, uh, in, that, in that way, in terms of, like, you know, getting ready for Raid Night, and you always have to beat Terragru, right? You can't, you can't skip him. Um, yeah. I think it's a... In that way, I'll say it's it's good in that it's a fun, no pressure way to start the night, right? Like you know, you just got to get the boss yeah. down, and you're gonna get him down, right? So I also think I would I would say that Terragru is better just because the variety of getting you know like powers kind of like mixes mm. it up a little bit, right? Like there are definitely times where I took powers because I was like, oh, well that's cool. What a neat you know like combination of things to have, right? You know, you have the one that increases your haste by a bunch, and then the one that decreases your like your the the amount that your abilities cost, so you can just like spam high power abilities over and over and over again, um, and it's like a little mini you know like build thing. It was it's not good, right? Like it's not like it's you know um, going to be the thing that gets us over the wall. No one no one is ever worrying about like passing the damage check on a terror group fight, right? But just like having a little bit of variety. If I'm going to be doing the same fight every week for six months, it is nice that there was this one thing that was introduced to it. Just to kind of like break up that flow. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Um, like my personal favorite power is probably the one that like lets you stand in the AOE. Um, uh, like it just reduces AOE damage. But then there's the one that gives you that, but only while you're jumping. And that was fun because like I'd be like, well, I guess I have to jump while the terror group does it. <laughs> like, it's like you know, like flying across the room, which is you know, it's fun, right? Like it's you yeah. Know, Good honest yeah, thing. I also like that. My my favorite of the powers was ever beating heart plus the no AOE damage combo because that basically just meant you could ignore the mechanics of the of the fight and just sit there and do your whole fucking rotation just wherever you are. Except People for that fucking fear you, mechanic. Who cares? No, no, no. With ever beating heart, you ignore the fears. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Huh. That makes it. I fucking so that that is the one thing I, I really disliked about this fight was the fears and just because like it's not the easiest thing to see and like if it's on somebody in melee right like you know you know you end up sending people running I have had so many times where like I got feared and I ran into somebody else's circle so that as soon as it came off it, like, it sent me running again just like Jesus Christ please right yeah like, especially because like I don't think. For our raid in particular, we were very clear about how to, like, deal with the mechanic, right? Like, you would hear people say fears run out, but to me, that's the opposite of what you want to do, right? If somebody has a mechanic like that, you want them to stay still so that everyone else can run around you, which is, like, which is logic that we've used in other scenarios, right? Right. Um, 
Cast I can't remember what the fight is, but like Castle Nathria had a fight like that where it was just like if you get the thing, stand still, and the rest of us will, you know, will accommodate. But if you have two people moving at the same time as the rest of the raid is trying to dodge them, it just like creates this huge clusterfuck. Um, so you yeah. know, it's just a little bit tough if like you get enough of them in melee and we're a melee heavy raid that like you you crowd out melee space on the boss. Yep, absolutely. Um. <laughs> Yeah. But did yeah. you have any like good do you have any good like loot on Terraguru? Like did you ever think about like, ooh, this boss had a great piece of gear for me? Um No, mostly because like at the point that I started caring, right? Like because like it you know, I don't really do other content, right? Like you you know, if you're if you're hunting pieces that, that you can get out of raid that you can't get out of Mythic Plus, I think I'd pay or like if I was doing that I think I'd pay a little bit more attention, but mostly just kinda like whatever I can get out, and by the time I started paying attention, it was all like middle of the raid bosses that we weren't really doing anymore right like i could use a second weapon right like and like mm -hmm. um at that point basically I'm, I'm almost just as well served as like clearing enough bosses to like put something in my chest um and so you know okay yeah terror definitely didn't have anything for me but loot was something that i thought a lot about when it came to this raid um so you know i don't know that's just that's a that's a question I want to ask. Okay, next boss. Next boss was the eye, who maybe had the most straightforward mechanic that people fucked up. Right? It's just the, he shoots a beam, the beam sweeps from one end to the other. If you go to the back of the platform, you can chain hook behind him so you don't get hit by the beam. And yet everybody wants to be tricky, myself included. Everybody wants to be tricky about the fucking beam, right? Where you're just like, oh, well, if I, like, come at it just right and I hit this ability, I can, like, zop through the beam and not take any damage. But also, if I fuck it up, I die because it's a one-shot. <laughs> yes. No. Absolutely. I mean, I think... So I use Transcendence Transfer for that, which I think is a bit more reliable than trying to... Like, I, I think I once tried to jump through it with um with the night fay uh zip zip zop like the spirit animal yeah. thing you have to be like perfectly perpendicular or else you're fucked you yeah. lose you, you have to be perpendicular and you also have to like probably be oh, i wonder if it's easier closer in or further out because further out it's moving faster right but like oh you're right yeah i didn't think yeah. about that yeah. yeah it's you know what it's, it's a mess either way right so i would i wouldn't you know Yep, I have definitely I have definitely died a bunch of times. Door of Shadows also, you can get across, but like you have to time it pretty expertly. You actually have to the the thing that's unintuitive about it is you have to time it such that you aim the end point of your Door of Shadows into the beam, which like doesn't feel correct, right? Because you're aiming into the mechanic, but the beam is sweeping. So by the time you finish the cast, the beam is gone. But if you aim to the other side of the beam, you'll be too slow and it'll hit you before you finish the cast. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I like Transcendence Transfer, right? Like, yeah. very easy to kind of be like, okay, I've got plenty of time, hit the button, and now I'm, I'm on the other side. Uh, I think I still fucked that up at least once. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely fucked some stuff up. There's also, like, some ads, right, and the things being taken down in time. But I don't think I ever once slowed my DPS on the ads. Just because there was one day early on when I looked at what happens, and they just start pulsing a pretty moderate amount of damage, right? Like, if you kill one ad and the other's still up, after, like, five or ten seconds, the boss starts pulsing, like, it's like 1,500 damage a second. 
to the whole raid, right? So it's like pulse, 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 pulse. And that will eventually like tick people down and like be bad, but I don't think that's like ever unrecoverable. So people always made this up. It's like a little bit slower, a little bit slower. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm just going like, if I need to heroic leap across and like execute the other one, that's fine. And the healers can deal with a couple of ticks of healers adjust. <laughs> yes, it's very much a healers adjust, you know, thing. Honestly, it wasn't even for the parse so much as like, I silently decided this is the correct way to handle the mechanic and didn't tell anybody else that decision. <laughs> Lou, Lou does not approve. Yes, <laughs> the Lou says Yep, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. There's going to be a couple more moments of that in this raid review, so buckle up. Yeah, no, I, mean, you know, like, I think of all of the fights in this raid, there are not more where I just kind of like ate mechanics. Um, for this, for this, than this one, right? Like, I ate so many of those kind of, like, the thing lands on, you have to go touch three of your images or whatever, right? Not a huge... Oh, deal. my God, yeah. That mechanic always fucked me up. Especially because, like, one of the things about WoW mechanics is they've kind of standardized the graphics on certain things, right? So there's a certain kind of, like, you know, like, the suck you graphic... Yeah, um, that sounds versus, weird. Yeah, but yeah, and so that one you want to soak it, right? You take that graphic onto people, right? But then there's the swirlies on the ground, and you want to get out of swirlies on the ground. But the problem is, is I feel like those two things should be reversed because swirlies on the ground, I can't see the edge of the circle very well, and so I'll sometimes get clipped oh, by yeah, being yeah. in the edge of the in the edge of that circle, which is how the fractured soul thing worked. Whereas the soak has a very clear circle on the ground, right? <sighs> but like. You know, it's just you want to just put that on on top of people. So yeah, yeah. No, I I found that also the color it was like very white was just like sometimes mm. hard to see. Um, and the other big thing was like dumping puddles inside of other puddles, right? Like you know that that was like very occasionally we'd have like one puddle in the middle of melee because somebody like ran over from the uh, from the ads too soon. And it's just like whatever, and as like the thing <laughs> went on, right? Like, or I, the the other I think big mechanic is the chains mechanic, which I never really had any trouble. Like, it was it seems like we would get like various numbers of people into those chains, and like, have we like I feel like we haven't lost very many people to the chains. The most dangerous thing I've ever seen with the chains is it hitting the tank. If the chain mm. circle itself is too far forward and it hits the tanks, they just auto die because they they have to sit right at the edge in order to like be in melee with the boss right um i you know i feel like i sometimes saw people die with the chains but like the chains themselves i i thought were pretty you know like yeah. honestly the most important part of the chains mechanic was the ad right that would come down with it and that ad does its stacking tank buster and so and then you do that into the second phase where you're dealing with the you know, it splits into the two things. You have to bring them down evenly or whatever. That would be like a real, like, like that's like a, that's like a real mechanic. Because if you leave the ad up too long, it, it dies. But then also, do you coordinate a taunt swap, right? Do you have one tank come and clear the other tank's stacks by taking the ad to his side or whatever? Like, that seems pretty tough. Which I, I like, I like the design of all of that. I think that it's pretty strategically complex. Um, and it made, like, timing stuff kind of, like, an interesting thing to deal with, right? I think there's a lot of I, I sort of wonder on a on a on a bigger level if it is okay to test a raid's ability to stop DPS, right? Like is that an okay thing for a designer to go, you know, we want we we want to design the boss such that it's a little bit dangerous if you progress because you know, like it's a health-based thing, you progress them to 70%. 
and he triggers into a new phase, but you still have this dangerous add up, right? And um, and there's a bunch of bosses in this. That, yeah, that kind I would say that Pain function Smith in this is, the, is the big one that comes up for me for that, right? Like, it's yeah, like, and 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 is and it absolutely like occurs here and is kind of like a. I don't know. I think that's like a, a, an interesting philosophical question. I would be really interested to like talk to an encounter designer and see what they think about that, right? Um, because on one hand, I do think that it is kind of a fair thing to test, right? And to sort of say, oh, oh well, a good rape group should be able to stop DPS when they need to in order to like, you know, make the mechanics work, right? Um, but at the same time, that does seem sort of like counterintuitive to a group that wants to, you know, be parsing and and going yeah power all the time i i I think part of the problem with it at least to to me is is that like i mean if it's like ads based i think it makes a little bit more sense but like specifically with with paint which i'm sure we'll get to like it was just kind of like the way windows line up which didn't feel like as it was it was as much controlled as it needed to be right like um or and that that felt a little bit bad because it didn't feel like you were like Doing it intentionally, just like if things happen to line up correctly, which feels a little bit different. Ads feel feel a little bit more controllable than that, but yeah, um, I do think that's an interesting question. But um, I guess moving on to the nine, which is the 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 next boss set. Um, I thought this was like, what is it? Well, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I thought this boss should be deeper in the raid. I thought it was a very so the the nine is interesting. My, I think the pitch for the nine is let's do a lot of little things, right? It is a bunch of mechanics that are very simple and straightforward. Really, the only thing that's complex about the nine is the fragments, right? Everybody runs out. You have to get dispelled in a certain order. Yeah. Everything else is very is very clear. It's it's a mechanic we've seen a million times. Soak the circle, you know, run out of this, run into that, interrupt a thing. There's an ad that spawns, kill it, watch your feet, right? Like, it's just no, very, very normal stuff. The thing that's interesting is that it is all of those at once, right? Because there are nine different, you know... <laughs> you know, like the the flavor is there are nine different Valkyr, and they are each adding a single mechanic to the fight. Um, and on top of that, you have Word of Recall, which is the heroic ability, which repeats the last like one or two things that just happened, right? So you will sometimes have two mechanics that are back to back because it gets Word of Recalled. Um, in so on one hand, I want to say that that is a really like deeply mechanically complex thing and should happen deeper in the raid, right? You know, like that that reads to me like a fight that should be, you know, six, seven, and eight kind of in that in that area. Um, so putting it at number three is a little bit interesting, but also at the same time, none of those mechanics are very complex, right. and so I do think that there's sort of an argument for well, why would you put a boss that is full of simple mechanics anywhere deeper into the raid because like you know this is this is something we would expect people to get pretty easily yeah the, the only thing so the thing too is that like the next three bosses after after the nine are like very complex um and then like i feel like the only person you could swap it with would be um uh the the robot um protector or whatever guardian guardian there yeah. we go thank you um yeah the interesting thing about guardian too is i also think guardian is is well placed because you need a, a gear yeah. check boss, right? Like Guardian is Sludge Fist. He is just there as a raw throughput check. Are you performing, you know, like 
the the honestly the hardest part of that fight is the tanks having to coordinate the different you know the different hits or whatever dps mostly you just run out on bombs stay in on the thing um and whap whap the boss as hard as you fucking can um and i think that that's fair it, it should be kind of like where it is in the raid but yeah i don't know it's interesting yeah no i mean yeah, we'll we'll talk to the, about Guardian more when we get there because I think he's a good he's placed balls as a palate cleanser. So I think it's kind yeah. of like the mechanically complex but not super complex, you know, you know, entrance to like the next three bosses, which are like very complex. Um, I, I think I'd say very complex, or at least require a fair amount of coordination. Um, yep. I think I th I I think it's good there. Um, Lou says. Uh, the nine is thematically cool, but that's about it. It's a bunch of baby mechanics people love to fuck up in the classic healers and just spirit of our red life, which, you know, <laughs> feels about right. Um, yeah, like, like it, it just so it contrasts this to the to the um, to the eye of the jailer thing. Right. Like it feels like there's not really a lot of justification for fucking up any of these mechanics. Right. It's not like, you know, like at least with the uh, with what we're talking about with the eyes. Right. It's kind of like, well, you know, you have to balance getting these to be down. And like that's maybe a nominally tough thing to do. And maybe it's worth it rather than trying to like micro adjust in the middle of it. All these mechanics, like like Lou says, are like the baby mechanics. Right. Like you said, they're like, you know, it's like don't stand in bed. Do stand in the soak. Um, and like the, the only thing I think that's even like mildly difficult um, beside, or, or the two are the the fragments, like you said, and um, the uh, the four like the the four like purple sort of the five purple things on the ground mm. is making per sure one person stands in each. See, the thing I think about those circles that's interesting is that the volume of mechanics makes those circles dangerous in a way that they wouldn't otherwise be, right? You know, in a world where, you, in a normal fight, you'd just be DPSing the boss, this thing would pop up, four people would split off. But what happens in the nine is you're doing all of this stuff at once, right? So you're dealing with these fragments. You have to have a certain number of people in the boss to soak a thing, a certain number of people going out of the boss to soak in the purple circles, right? And I think that's where you can, you know, like, there was one night where we, like, wiped on the nine five times in a row. Uh, it, we'd be killing it week after week. It was, yeah. like, the farmest of farm content, right? And I think... The the reason that happened is because of this effect of just layering lots of mechanics on top of one another means that certain things can kind of fall through the cracks and that's a little bit dangerous. This also, and this this is the thing that makes me feel like it belongs deeper in the raid. This same thing happens on Kel'Thuzad, who is the ninth boss, and it feels appropriate there, right? Um, because you do, you know, like, you have to really, like, drill down when you get into the back half of a raid, and it feels like, you know, you want to get to that level of, like, complexity and, um, and depth. And it's just interesting to me that the Nine kind of got there, but with, like, level one mechanics, right? Like, very straightforward, uh, mechanics. Yeah. Um, Lou points out that our, our particular raid comp makes this harder, too, because we were so melee heavy. Um, mm. which makes sense, but, you know, um... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think that's basically all there is to say about about the nine, right? Yep. All right. Did, did you ever use the spear that came off the nine? One of the one of the neat things about this raid oh. is that there's a lot of stuff like that. They're called, you know, like, they're called cantrips, right? Which is when you have like a trinket like effect on a non trinket item, and there's a spear on the nine where you can like use it and turn into a fucking a Valkyr for yeah. thirty seconds or something. No, I used it for a while. I love that one, but you know, it's um. Two-handers are just not as good as two one-handers um, okay. at this point in time, at least as far as I can tell. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't... Uh, the only other piece of chase loot in the first couple of bosses was the, uh, the, the titanic ocular gland that 
everybody I feel like used and also is like huge fucking sim bait because you know the, the way that this the, the way that this trinket works is it is powered on if you are above 50% health and powered off if you are below 50% health but it will it's give you it's, or it take is, away it is worse than powered off it is actively <laughs> negative if yeah. you're below 50% health <laughs> yeah it will either give you a flat amount of your best secondary stat or, or, sorry, your highest secondary stat, which tends to be your best, right? Because you're stacking whatever you want the most. Or it is taking away from your, your highest secondary stat, which is, uh, you know, it, all, on all of my sims, it tells me that I'm supposed to be running, like, Titanic Ocular Clean, but I just know that that's a fucking lie, right? Because you never have 100% uptime, but a sim has 100% uptime, right? And so it's like, oh, this is so good, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't used Titanic Ocular Van in a while. Just, I mean, part of the the other thing too with that is that it's also um, since earlier in the raid, it's like the the lower level, so like you can, mm. like, at least for me, it didn't it, some it parsed really well, but it didn't always parse better than like the two forty six or whatever trinkets. So uh, there's that, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, so the fourth is where we get to swap. I mean, I feel like the one um, that. Uh, the one that the one that we always did first was Nerzul, right? Remnant of Nerzul. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Remnant of Nerzul, I think, also sort of falls into this like simple mechanics that got made complex, but like the core mechanics of them are much more pass fail than in the nine. In the nine, the worst thing that happens is you know huge hits of damage. You can maybe recover from that. In Nerzul, it's people getting yeeted off the platform. Well, it's, which it's you can't like recover from. And it's like the whole raid, right? Like it's, it's you know, yeah. if you screw it up, it's it is unlikely that one person is going to suffer. It's, it's like the whole raid is you know, you know, turbo fucked. Um, uh, um, yeah. No, I, I I think the big mechanic there, obviously, like you said, is are those are those yeeting mechanics, right? Like you know, which uh, which one goes where, and that's the biggest coordination check. Otherwise, I think it's like fairly straightforward. It's a lot of dodge feet and a lot of like mm. you know. I, you know, having somebody, like, yeet the ball off the edge, but that's not bad. Out. I really like the ball interaction, yeah. which is something that I do want to call out in a way, just for, from a design perspective. I can tell that somebody initialized this with that thought of, oh, we put a thing on the boss that when you dispel it, it knocks everybody back, right? And it's just a big round platform that they can fall off of. That's dangerous. And then somebody probably went, okay, well, why don't they just sit in the middle of the room the whole time? And so, and and the guy goes, okay. And he comes back and he says, I've designed a new mechanic, right? There are these balls that pulse a bunch of damage and you need to get rid of them. So you need somebody to pick them up, run them to the edge of the platform and throw them off. And now all of a sudden you've kind of introduced like stakes and danger to the whole, to the whole thing. Because you have people who are actively going to the edge of the platform, right, um, over and over again, uh, and I, I think that that sort of back and forth is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, Plus, it also like generates like you know hero moments is like yes, I will I will take the ball and I will make sure that it goes across <laughs> my life, right? Like, um, yep. Which is you know super fun. Um, and I do like that it. Uh, it's scaled over time, right? Like, one of the neat things about that fight is the the first couple of, you know, however many percent, right? It's actually pretty straightforward and not hard to do, right? Like, you know, you're just kind of, like, plugging away. But the thing that gets more complicated is over the course of the fight, as he's re reaching different th health thresholds, he's summoning more balls. So now your tanks don't just have to hit one ball, they have to hit two with every cast of suffering. And the shatter, right, where he's putting big things things on the ground right that all of a sudden is lasting six to eight seconds when before it's just oh quick you know one or two globals right yeah. um and i think that whole interaction is 
really neat and I love it and it's good. Yeah, lo lots of dancing in this fight. Um, yeah. Maybe not as much as the next one we're going to talk about. Um, Lou says, uh, Nozil is probably one of my favorite fights simply because it does not require everyone to know it. And, or require, it does require everyone to know it and do it correctly. You can't just let everyone else carry you. There's real tension with the heat threat and garbage disposal need. Yes, I would agree. Um, it is a, it is, it is a, it is like, I think, you know, uh, one of our strengths as a raid is like everybody cooperating pretty well. I don't think we're the best, but I also don't think we have some of the problems that I've seen in like pug groups. Um, yeah. Which maybe isn't a great source of comparison, but like, you know, I don't think we have like always have like the you know the toppest parsers in our raid, but I do think everybody's pretty good at at hanging together. At least I actually think the opposite is true. I think that we have people who are over eager to do mechanics, which really came out in Kelthazad, which we can talk about later, I guess. <laughs> what, what what do you what do you mean by that? Like, I'll talk about it in Kelthazad. It is the specific example that I'm that I'm thinking okay. about. Okay. Um, okay. So boss number five is Soul Render Dormazane, right? Who is maybe my favorite just like on a on like a lore thing because he's sitting there torturing Garrosh, which is just like fun. Not actually my favorite, but it's just like what a nice little fun, you know, yeah. sort of Easter egg kind of thing. Everybody expected that we weren't actually going to see Garrosh in the Shadowlands um, or do anything along those sorts of lines. So um, uh, it was nice that he that he made it in there through this, you know, through this. Hey, he got his fight. own cinematic, right? Like, at the yeah, end. exactly. Um, but the fight, but the fight itself, uh, I think this is sort of where the raid kit kind of. It, it feels to me like the first four bosses, including Nerzul, maybe maybe not including Nerzul. You could kind of go either way, but like. Um, it always felt to me like the first four bosses are kind of like the easy bosses, and this is like the beginning of where things get tough. Specifically because there's a real throughput check, right? Yeah. Where um, you know the there's no enrage timer on Soul Render, but he just does his own shit faster and faster every time, right? And there's this sort of hectic nature to it where now he's spawning ads every thirty seconds when before it was every minute and a half, right? Um, and you just kind of have to, you just kind of have to like push, and you have to go, um, and you have to dodge the pizza pie slices. Um, you have to untangle the spaghetti, as I, as I famously, this whole fight is, is, is a pizza pie Italian <laughs> reference. He's gonna smack you real hard with his spatula, Mango. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it is something. I don't know. I'm tempted to say there's maybe like one too many mechanics here, but I, I don't know how, uh, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you, and I think specifically it is the circles on the ground. Um, I think the worst part of this fight is, like, you get the brands, and you have to, like, go put them on the ads, but, like, the ads are tough enough, you know? You just have to, you know, like, gathering them up and keeping them interrupted or whatever. You gotta slow them before they hit the thing, and you have to be doing these chains, and you have to be dodging shit all at the same time. That just, like, that feels like a lot to me, and I always felt like having the brands on top of that was uh tough i guess yeah especially so again maybe this is because we're such a melee heavy raid but like you know yeah you know getting getting the brands out like you know while also dealing with all the other movement stuff in in the in the uh uh what's it called in in that fight um yep. you know i've had i had a couple of times where i i think i died to the brands you know no no hate on our healers just kind of like there's 72 things to be you know uh uh, dealing with and the guy standing out in left field trying not to kill everybody with his brand is not like top priority and that you know that makes sense to me it's just you know 
I, I think I agree. I think without the brands, it like maybe goes down a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lou says, I can maybe do without the giant swirlies, which makes sense, right? Like, just sometimes there's just big white swirls that everybody has to move out of. And I feel like that's the most basic mechanic that you could probably cut. And, uh, and the fight would still be, you know, like kind of mostly the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm gonna die to anything, it's the fucking swirlies when I end up in the middle of three of them. Yep, that feels that feels accurate. How many times did you ever die to the pizza pie? I don't think. I think maybe once. Um, and, okay. And that was just like me cutting too many words, right? Like one of the advantages again of being monk is like it's very easy to get out of that if you need to. So. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody about running what like running high level mythics is like. Maybe I was talking about this on the podcast actually, um, and uh, and one of the things is you just sort of don't feel certain mechanics like they are just too basic to matter, right? Um, and the example I was using was the tentacles on Margrave Stradama in Plaguefall, right? I don't think I've been hit by a tentacle in months, right? Just because like. You know, at a certain point when you've run that dungeon as many times as I have, right? You know, 400 times or whatever the number is. Eh, maybe not 400 times, but a lot of times, right? You know, it just becomes so second nature. And the pizza pie mechanic was very similar to that. Though I will say that there were some times where I specifically took the damage because I knew it could survive it. Because I, I found out at some point if, um, if I pop both of my defensive cooldowns, you know, where I'm taking, you know, like 50% less damage, uh, that it wouldn't one-shot me. So I would just, I would just live through it sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel like too, like, I think like I think at least, like, I, I, I tried, I truly died, like, once to it, but, like, I think a couple of times I got caught by the edge of it and got popped into the cocoon and then just came back up 10 seconds later. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, I honestly, I love that, that, that ability. It has been useful to me um more times than not there's like a very few places where it like doesn't work out um but yeah uh all right do we do we want to move on to uh on to painsmith painsmith Brasnell, hell yeah i mean painsmith is famous right because uh he stopped the mythic you know the race to world first dead in its tracks which is something that is very rarely seen on these kinds of bosses right um in the race to world first it's pretty it's pretty common for you know you, them to sink dozens of pulls into things right um but before the back you know like before the back half of the raid it's just very uncommon to see a boss go for the triple digits and mythic painsmith was that experience it stopped people for days which was really cool and really interesting and i think most people I, painsmith i feel like is is the is like the fan favorite of the raid if i were to if i were to like look at the whole raid and say what are the what's the fight that people like the most i think it was painsmith um and and that's kind of interesting uh because i don't feel that way but yeah i think uh, I, I i think that like i don't know i i think it's got some neat stuff going on but like in, in particular like the the, the kind of like weird like windowing issues we talked about before that we that we ran into was like just incredibly frustrating right like you know yep. um we'd like hit uh an intermission point at the wrong time and then the the traps would be out and it would just murder the entire raid felt like supremely unfair um uh the uh and like kind of what we're talking about with um with uh with uh, not remnant um soul reaver um like feels like maybe there's like one too many mechanics right like um i don't i thought the balls rolling down was neat but like you know 
It's kind of like that on top of like chains, on top of like, you know, seven different types of tank mechanic, on top of like intermission, which was not like a gimme, um, or at least didn't feel like it was nearly as much of a gimme as like, say, um, the big intermission that I think of from the last raid was um, uh, the uh, the dance, uh, which yep. was by, by comparison, lighthearted, fun, and like hard to fuck up. Um, this one felt like a very easy to fuck up. Success was not guaranteed. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that the dance falls in the same spot as Painsmith, right? And I think of those two fights as being very different. Painsmith, I think, is a very technical fight, right? Where yeah. it's like you have to express a lot of technical mastery. Um, but I also do think that there's a pretty big reward for it in the sense of like um, – not reward, but just that like it is not impossible to uh, – trivialize it i guess is what that feels like it reminds me of mordretha mordretha is maybe my favorite fight of all of the mythic plus dungeons just because the fight is a number of mechanics that are very lethal and synergistic right that try really hard to kill you but if you're really good you can basically take no damage during that fight and painsmith hits me in that same place right where it's just like yeah you know you kill the ball you avoid the chains you know you don't get hit by the the spikes you actually take relatively little damage um compared to some of the more like un you know like uh uh just like you don't have, like like no agency sort of damage like huge hits that can come from that can come from other mechanics does that make sense yeah um, no it does so yeah, yeah. i mean the, the thing that also stuck out to me was like i think the ball mechanics neat but I also, it also had a propensity, at least for me, to, like, hit that edge of kind of, like, the WoW combat engine isn't the most sophisticated because it's, like, a 14-year-old game and it's an MMO, right? And, like, there are times when it's, like, I don't think I was actually that close to the ball when it killed me, right? Like, that kind of thing. Or, like, you know, I was, like, you know, right there and I was, like, hitting the button I should have to, like, get it done and, like, the ball rolls over. Like, like th those things. I also like, think that there was, yeah, I agree with this. And I also think that there's a lot of, like, almost, like, social engineering, I guess I would say, in the ball. Um, because, you know, it would be rolling, and, um, and I remember vividly how much it felt like that was a real DPS race, right? But, like, over time, as we got better and more sort of trained, I don't even think our DPS changed that much, but I just think that the ability to get the ball down quickly became sort of second nature, which is maybe just like a, you know, people just could intuit the direction that the ball is coming and start DPSing it sooner, you know, and they weren't sort of like, you know, um, they weren't sort of consciously acting, they were subconsciously reacting, if that makes sense. And I've talked about that before, right? Like, I think this is where, this is the sort of feeling that the M uh, that that an MMO like WoW wants to give you. It wants you to sort of hit that sublime sense where the mechanic is second nature. Oh, I see the balls have spawned. I'm running. I'm DPSing the middle one. I don't need to hear somebody call out the balls have spawned. I don't need to go looking for the raid marker that someone calls out the balls have spawned on. I don't need to, you know, like wait for someone to put the skull on it to know which ball to kill. All of those things eventually get sublimated into just this, like this very clean process and i think when mechanics work like that on a raid level it is maybe some of the best like feeling stuff that can come out of that can come out of wow yeah no i think i i think i agree with that i still i still like i still I said i still think i have issues with like kind of the, the rough edges of the combat engine and there, there was like another part of this too oh um this is like a very niche thing but i feel like it's it's 
maybe like because there's like seven of the balls in a row, and you're, if you're using like a you know target nearest thing, like it doesn't always yep. pick the right ball, and that that always felt like you know annoying, right? Like trying to like having to like do that correctly while also dodging, you know, it's just it's just like uh, felt less like mastery of the system sometimes, and more mastery of like you know input, which is like a weird mm-hmm. way to put it, but like you know it's it's about knowing the weird corners of the system than it is about like actually like you know doing it qua what it's supposed to, wants you to do if that makes sense yeah um, i get that for sure you no know. um uh that was this was also a big roadblock for us too um we we got uh, it was like the the kind of big one before you like push through um yeah this feels like uh the like the roadblock that should happen it should yeah. hit in this in this location right yeah, uh, this would be the equivalent, I think, in terms of, like, how it played out for us as um, uh, in, in Castle Nathria, the one with, like, the four different, like, things that you had to adjust. It's like the, the late, I forget the name, I don't know the names. Oh, Inerva, right? Yeah, yeah Inerva yeah. Dark, Dark Vein. Yes, that makes sense, actually. I think I do agree with that. Um, it's because, you know, highly technical, requires a lot of coordination, and, require, and you know, requires a lot of iteration just to, like, get it down. Um, yeah. Um, all right, so with that on Painsmith, um, we've got Guardian or Fates Guard, which one do you want to talk about first? I think of Guardian, I think Guardian is the true seventh boss in the raid, right? Um, so Guardian, like we were talking about before, he's just, he's just a DPS check, right? His whole thing is just be there and be like, all right, before you, before you get up into the big boy leagues, you know, before we, we break into the major leagues, you got to prove that you can bat at a major league level, right? Um... And it is just a tightly tuned, really raw DPS check, which was kind of the shit. It's funny. It's funny now, you know, like we blitzed uh, in our most recent kill of Guardian. We like blitzed Guardian like a full phase early, right? We would have had like a minute left to continue DPSing that boss, which I think is also part of that like sort of like social engineering. We're just better at this. We've sublimated these mechanics and everything. Um yeah, no, I was I was such in flow state on that boss that like I didn't even realize like it's like it's dead and it's like wait what we're supposed to, be, <laughs> we're supposed to keep it here. Yep. Um, but yes, no, it's it is a it is. I, I think you're absolutely right, right? Like you know, there's not a ton uh, of like I want to call like creative expression, right? In terms of like how to like get that rate. You know, we in the past there have been fights that we've done where it's like, well, this maybe isn't like you know what the mythic guys are doing, but this is a way to do it that works for us and we can do it, right? And yep. there's just, like, not a lot of room for that here, which is fine, right? It's like, do you want two or three pulses or, you know, one or two pulses, I guess, before you pull them into the ring and that's, like, it. Um, uh, and, you know, I think I think that's fine. I think, like, having... It felt almost like a palate cleanser, too, right? It's like, you know, before you have to deal with whatever bullshit, you know, fucking Fate Scribe is and Keltus <laughs> on Sylvanas, just, like, fucking murder this thing, right? Like, and, and, and do it. And, uh... That always it always felt nice, um, yeah. Especially because the the other fights are very technical. Um, you know, soul render I do think is a, is another throughput fight, right? Like I think you are in a dangerous spot if you don't have a lot of DPS. But I think there are a lot of other fights in this raid. You know, Nerzul and even Painsmith to a certain extent, um, and Fate Scribe. That's just like it sort of doesn't matter what your DPS is as long as your DPS is okay but you're doing all of the mechanics correctly, you'll be fine, right? Um, Soul Render and uh, 
Guardian kind of say no to that, right? They're like, no, 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 you have to pump on this fight. If you do not, you will die. You like this, this will wipe your, your raid over and over again. Um, and I think that that's neat. And I think that that's fun. I also think that it's cool. It's just like on a raw flavor level that this is, uh, you know, I mean, it's funny because it should be obvious now, but like at the time, you know, before we knew what 9.2 was going to be going to Xerath Mortis and the the first one's stuff or whatever, where everything looks like, you know, kind of like the guardian of the first ones or whatever. At the time, everybody was like, Ooh, what do we do? Oh, are we going, it's going to be an ice crown. It's we're going back to Azeroth. We're going to the Silithus, the sword and Silithus. Zoval is going to turn that into a mourn blade and Azeroth is going to be a, you know, whatever, you know, like people were speculating about yeah. all this stuff. What is like, it feels kind of obvious now that it's like, no, no, we were going to go do this, like, first ones, you know, whatever, Xerath Mortis stuff. That was pretty well established, given all of the stuff that happens in, in the 9.1 raid. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do you use, um, uh, do you use the fusion amplifier as a, as a trinket? Salvage fusion amplifier, I think it's called, that comes off of? What, what does it do? Uh, it, like, makes your auto attacks, like, do extra magic damage right or um, something like that for like 20 seconds or something i don't think so i don't think I've okay it. what do you know what trinkets you are using right now i'm using um the one that like sends out an arubian assassin um okay um and then it's i think the icon is like of a guy shouting um hold on let me let me see i can bring up the icon is of a guy shouting let me see if uh, it's probably in here. Uh, tormented rack fragment, relic of oh, the frozen okay. wastes, yeah, yeah, yeah. tormented rack fragment, are what I use. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I've because I've seen people talk about you know like salvage fusion amplifier is one of the better uh, like agility trinkets in the raid, um, but I wasn't sure if it was for Windwalker Monk because I think it's good when you do lots of auto attacks. I have no idea like how, you know like that it's a good thing for rogues because rogues have very high attack speed. Um, and demon hunters also have very high attack speed, but I don't know about monks Walker don't like specifically. Like I mean, the the whole fantasy of monk is like you are very rarely <coughs> like hitting, you know, doing an auto attack. It's like you're you're. I mean, it used to be jab, but now you know it's like tiger palm, blackout kick, um, like on GCD, right? Which is like doesn't yeah. leave a lot of room for. Uh, uh, yeah, and I guess you're attacks. also not auto attacking during fists of fury. Like if you're channeling yeah. fists of fury, you're not you know getting in any any white damage. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess, I guess it's time to talk about Fate Scribe, everybody's favorite. Okay, Fate Scribe, this is the big one. This is the one that I think is the boss that people hate the most in the raid, and I don't. I love it. I think it's a great boss, and I want to sort of, like, defend it, but I also think that the reasons I love it are the exact same reasons they hate it, and there's just no way around that, yeah. right? <laughs> um... I liked normal Fate Scribe better than Heroic just because, like, um, so remember when we were, like, like playing, uh, uh, what was it, um, Payday 2, and, mm -hmm. like, you know, Friend of the Cash Charles wouldn't stay on the fucking drill. I was like, stay on the fucking <laughs> drill. <laughs> right? Like, when, when you oh. have to rely on people to, like, do the mechanics and, like, you just kind of have to fucking do the mechanics. And it's like, a, you know, and in fairness to, to people, it's, it's not an easy mechanic to do, right? Especially if you end up yep. with, like, a ring in the middle. Um, honestly, without that, that, um, that Wikoras on there, I don't know how, 
like anybody does this fucking thing, right? Like, just because, like, the coordination problem is, like, too random and too sudden for it to, like, feel like it's, you know, good, right? Like, you know, like, I, 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 I honestly, I, I, I honestly feel like something like the weak aura should have always been, in, like, should be in the game natively somehow, because I, I think it's a little too, a little much to kind of do on the fly, at least at heroic. Uh, what, what do yeah, you think? on and this is after they nerfed the time. Like when I killed the Fate Scribe originally, there were like five or ten fewer seconds in the phase, right? So like we were making optimizations that had nothing to do with like it wasn't about the weak or it wasn't about anything. it was just about saying words faster, right? It was literally saying someone's name and a marker was too slow, right? Because it was that ta that process takes five seconds and we need the whole process to take two right so what we eventually got to was just reading four names in order it was it would just be like baron billamong lu sarian right and you had to know that given the order of those names was like into like out middle middle out right so if i if i was named first i had to go to the first ring then somebody go to the second ring somebody goes to the third ring right um and uh, and on one hand, I kind of think that's awesome, right? Like I, I think a an incredibly demanding communication and coordination sort of barrier is just like a really awesome thing to test a raid on, right? And even if even if that th kind of thing is like a pug killer, right? Like it would just like destroy a pug. Um, <clears throat> I sort of feel like that it's just like. If I if I'm if I'm thinking about encounter design as what are some okay things for me to test in my players, right? Can they move and do damage at the same time? Can they target swap efficiently? Can they, you know, like interrupt important things to interrupt? You know, like all these different things. I think one of them is can you quickly and efficiently coordinate, you know, like on a, on a, like a strategic level? And I don't know that I've ever seen a boss fight sort of hit that fantasy in the same way as as fate scribe um but i do sort of agree th about like the 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 <clears throat> it being specific people on heroics fate scribe versus everyone on normal fate scribe the thing that i most like about fate scribes uh mechanics is that it makes me feel like a hero when i'm very good at them right you are the deciding factor between a wipe and progress right if you fuck up your rune you wipe the raid which has the benefit of if you do your rune correctly, right? Like you save the raid. <laughs> and I think that if you're the kind of person that gets very frustrated by wipes and, uh, you know, especially wipes to a mechanic that should be straightforward and you're just like watch and you had nothing to do with it, which is the thing that happens in heroic fate scribe. If I don't have the thing, then I just have to sit there and watch someone fuck the mechanic up and I'm going to wipe and it doesn't matter. No matter what I do, I cannot save this. They fucked it up. I don't even have the opportunity to save the day, right? Um, but uh, but having the opportunity to just, like, be the linchpin and the deciding factor between, you know, winning the fight and, and, and wiping. There's something that, like, feels, like, important about that. And on our Fate Scribe kill, where I did happen to get marked every single time, which was, like, basically the only reason that we got there, was I got marked every single time and I just brute forced the mechanic, like... Somebody would go. I'm on triangle, and I would be like, "I'm already on triangle. We're you just you. You do your own thing. I'm running it. It's it's already happening, right? Like, there's just something that's really gratifying about that. Yeah. On like a personal level. 
I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's that's, that's all fair. Um, <laughs> I think part of my problem with this too is just kind of like li- little things. Like again, what I was talking about with the balls, right? Like I feel like the finickiness of the mechanic on like its own terms was not great, right? Like because, again, this is oh, the yeah. idea of what you can do with the game, right? Another like very weirdly simple thing. This is like the UX designer in me coming out is. The part that's the rune and the parts that the that's the spot are like the opposite of what they should be. One has arrows around it, and it's the, the wrong one, right? <laughs> like, like that, like that <laughs> fucked me up on our latest clear, right? Like I, I went <laughs> the wrong one. Well, so one thing I do want to say is that I also think that we, as a raid, fucked this mechanic up, or the, the, not this mechanic, but like this whole boss up, because we basically abandoned it, right? Like we did one kill and we went, that's too hard, and we just yeah, like yeah, moved on fair. from there. Which I do think it, you know, like, because, you know, like I was talking about when it comes to sort of um, sublimating the mechanics on Painsmith or whatever, um, I think that same sort of thing probably would have happened if we dedicated ourselves to clearing Fate Scribe every week for three or four, you know, like, weeks, right? Everybody would have seen it. We would have understood runes. We would have internalized, right? Like, there's that certain thing about, like, oh, wait, do I need a second person for this? Which direction is it going to go? You know, like, you just get all that stuff under your belts because you get the reps on the fight and and that's it then yes, and then sir. and then we're good it's be- um it's better telegraph than soccer mom lou you're gonna have to explain that reference to me you okay d- you didn't this is uh this is referencing a nihilotha boss okay. there was a boss in nihilotha that we called soccer mom right because her whole thing was or not her whole thing but one of the core mechanics of that fight was um she puts a thing on the ground and people have to soak it right so you go you soak your thing and you get these this like little guy if you're watching the stream you see what i'm doing but you can't see it if i'm if you're listening i'm sorry um it's this little tentacle guy over your head right and then she spawns a ball right like this ball of energy that starts slowly moving forward right and you if you have a tentacle guy over your head you can walk over and run into the ball and it will you the tentacle guy has your facing and it will change the direction of the ball, right? And you need to, it pops out of one portal, but then there's a second portal and you need to use, like, you need to triangulate the the ball into, the, into the, yeah, into the goal, which is why it's called Soccer, soccer Mom, Mom, right? Okay. She's a girl and you're playing soccer, Soccer Mom. Anyway. I will point um, out that Soccer Moms are mothers of people who play soccer, not, not actual soccer. But, oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, she's. Yeah, I think the thing with with Soccer Mom that felt fair compared to because Soccer Mom was also, by the way, a very similar mechanic to this, right? Um, in the sense that only certain people could have the the balls and goals, right, or whatever. Um, but the thing about it that I think worked for Soccer Mom that didn't work here is you could fuck up once, right? If you fucked up, you got a huge debuff, and the debuff was like a ten minute long debuff. Um, and it did ticking damage, right? So if you fucked up, you had to you had a, an additional sort of like healing check. But it also said the next time you take this damage, you take three hundred percent more of it, right? So if you fuck up twice, that's the one shot, right? With Fate Scribe, you didn't have that opportunity. Um, if you fucked up with Fate Scribe, you lost no matter what. And I feel like there there's room for a little bit of error correction there, right? Like maybe if you lock, maybe the damage is a one shot if you don't lock all of the runes. But if you lock Two out of three or three out of four runes, you only take 25% of the damage. And, okay, that's, that's, that's not the end of the world. That's a big hit, but you can recover from that kind of thing. I feel like that sort of thing would have been a lot fairer when yeah, it came to... I think I agree with that. Uh, but I did love that fight, and I still do, and I also want to do it more uh, because it's fun. 
right. Well, let's move on to uh, Kel'Thuzad. Uh, oh, the Kel'Thuzad. fight. Uh, what a fight. Um, I, I love this fight. I guess I'm just going to out myself that this is my favorite fight in the raid. Mostly because on a evocative level, right? Just like on a raw the feeling of the game and the and the art and the voice acting and the mechanics all created the feeling of i am fighting an incredibly powerful lich right you know you're going in and you're killing his phylactery he's summoning all of these abominations and banshees or whatever like these classic undead you know you get these huge swarms of skeletons over time or whatever he's doing these ice mechanics freezing you in place and putting out a you know putting out an icicle that's gonna pop and do a bunch of frost damage it just like it just felt so like um I don't know. There, there have been other fights that have that have hit me on this level, like Gul'dan, for instance, is a good example. As the as the final fight of the Nighthold, just felt like fighting a powerful warlock, right? It is the archetypal warlock. You are fighting the archetypal warlock. He's summoning demons. He's hitting you with chaos bolts. He's you know making these huge flame patches on the ground he's changing himself into a more powerful demon all this other sort of stuff that's exactly where Keltazad hit me and i love that fight every time you do it yeah no i mean i i think it's i think it's super fun i think like the kind of like killing and resurrecting Keltazad makes a lot of sense um uh yeah i think i think i generally agree with you right like i, I like it a lot too just because like i get to bust out the touch of death ring because it makes more sense because you know when you're not, i'm not standing around the same place for a long time so like stomping more isn't the best thing and like you know, mm. and there's a ton of ads, so it's like you know, if I can just like make an ad not a problem every once in a while, that's super fun. So yeah, um, yeah. So the one thing I also talked about that I said I was going to mention here is um, the advent of uh, or over eager um, for mechanics or something. Over yeah, over over eagerness for mechanics. So the thing that I realized was preventing us from progressing on uh, on Kel'Thuzad was that we were too eager to run out and deal with ads and there wasn't enough damage go being pumped into Kel'Thuzad. If you remember the first couple of attempts on Kel'Thuzad, we were hitting extra icicles because we weren't getting Kel'Thuzad down fast enough. And I realized, I was like, oh, fuck. It's because every time these tank ads spawn, which is not that hard to deal with, and, you know, one person can take care of a tank ad on the, by themselves, basically. The whole raid, like, scattered basically right to go to go deal with these tank ads and then they get blown up and then they run back and because we're so melee heavy that just kind of means that like if i'm a paladin and i'm pretty slow i'm running out to the tank ad it dies i'm running back to you know to kill this out i just haven't done any damage for the last 10 seconds so i just started secretly ignoring mechanics i was just sitting there dpsing up the side i was on the boss the whole time and i eventually told dave to stay on the boss friend of the cast dave zing wong who plays you know a subtlety rug i just whispered it but i was like hey bud just fucking tunnel the boss. Just tunnel the boss on this one. <laughs> Don't worry about any of the ads, man. Just, like, pump the boss damage. That's all that fucking matters. Um, which, you know... Yeah, no, I mean... That's it, that's a thing. It feels like you need you need, you need need to, like, actually do that division, right? Like, it makes sense for, like, yeah. you know, the high-mobility monk and the ranged, ranged characters to, like, go do those things, right? I mean, like, you know, something I think that we didn't do enough is, like, for a while, I don't think we spent enough time, like, knocking down, like, the little chasers... Um, mm -hmm. which you kind of need to do just because like otherwise otherwise it will run into a healer at some point is is you know no offense loop but I feel like I feel like it's either a slow moving melee or like a healer that's just kind of like well I was in the middle of casting and, and you know one of the, the the seeker ran into me and I it blew up the raid right um, yeah I mean ironically I actually feel like I spent most of my time killing ads killing those guys it was very common for me to blade storm th uh, there yeah because um, 
one, people don't normally do them, and two, I just felt like I had a lot of good options to take care of. You know, like the the strength of my class is that kind of burst AOE, right? So I just sort of felt like, um, you know, that was sort of my responsibility. But I just remember, I remember thinking how much we were dealing with these tank ads, and I realized, and I was like, oh, I should tunnel the boss. And then I did, and we magically never had this icicle problem ever again. The, specifically the icicle problem of spawning too many icicles timing-wise, rather than just naturally. Obviously, the icicles caused problems later on when there were just, like, a lot of them. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lou does not take offense, but she does. She, does, she agrees to my assessment, um, which, you know, <laughs> makes me feel vindicated. Oh. Is there anything else you want to talk about about Kel'Thuzad? One other thing I want to talk about on Kel'Thuzad is that he has a great weapon called Jathus the Prison Blade. Mm. Uh, that is a really fucking sweet weapon. It eats other weapons. It talks to you. It has voice lines, and it's, like, talking in your ear, which is, like, just, like, the... I just, like, love the, you know, that flavorful sort of thing happening. Um, and, uh, which was one of the one of the pieces of, of like, the, the raid that I really wanted. Something that was true about Castle Nathria is I really didn't care about any of the loot in Castle Nathria. I never was, like, looking at a loot table and going, ooh, I wish I could get this. But in Sanctum of Domination, I looked at these loot tables and I was like, oh, I want that. And I want that really bad. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so do we, do we want to move on to... The big baddie Sylvanas herself. Yeah, the big, the top, the mom, mommy herself, oh, Sylvanas. <laughs> so, oh. my first thing I'm going to say is I think this fight is too long. Like, I just think, like, you know, having to, like, if you could, like, you know, have a way to, like, jump to, like, the second or third phase of the fight, like, without having to do it over and over again, like, I just think, like, 15 minutes for a fight is, like, more than I want to do, right? Like on the nights, I almost want the fight to be two phases. I actually sort of think two phases could have been longer, um, which is the first and the third phase. And you could have taken that second phase out and made it its own fight. You know, like a like a like a like an eleventh boss, basically. Um, or, or like I I, th I think the way you could do this is like one fight is chasing her down these pathways, and then you actually have to do yeah. the first and third phase as like as as the actual fight with her. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I, I quite like the first and third phases, just in terms of you know I thought I think the chains are cool and I think Rive is sweet, um, just like on a thematic level, right? Like you know this is stuff that we that we watch Sylvanas do in the opening cinematic of Shadowlands, and um, you know she's like she whips these chains around the thing and she's pulling them or whatever, and I just think that that's fucking awesome. Like, just the idea that some encounter designer was like, I'm gonna give Sylvanas a mechanic that is the thing that she used in her fight with Bolvar in this super cool cinematic, that's that's really sweet. But I do sort of agree that the fight is too long. On one hand, I do like that it is a 10 minute plus fight, because I think the idea of two lusts is awesome, and I would I like that a lot. Um, but there's just something about the way that this functioned uh, that, that felt really grueling. Compared to Denathrius, which sort of felt the opposite. That was also a 10-minute fight. Um, but it didn't feel, like, grueling and long in that exact same way, um, which was kind of which was kind of frustrating. Yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like there were some similarities, though, right? Like, the, the thing that bothered me about, or that, that felt the worst about this fight and about the, the Denathrius fight, but I think it's worse here, is, like, when you're having problems with something in the third phase, you have to go through 10 minutes of stuff you've already done, right, to fucking get to the thing that you need to practice and you need to like really like 
hone in on. And there's plenty of opportunities to like screw stuff up in the middle. If you're just like being a little bit like lazy, right? Like I didn't realize this until super recently, but like the, the fucking ice bridge in the second phase, there's one of them that like looks like it runs to the end, but there's actually a little bit of gap, which is just fucking cool. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> like why would you fucking do that? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is cruel. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, Absolutely agree with that. I also think that on one hand, um, you know, uh, that's okay, but there's maybe too many sort of one-shot mechanics in Sylvanas, right? Like you get you get hit by your arrow, one shot, you're dead. You get you know you you walk through the the hole on a nice thing, you're dead, right? Like it's just like th th those are very pass-fail mechanics. Um, and I think those also existed with Denathrius, and I do think Denathrius is a worse fight than Sylvanas, but for entirely separate reasons, right? Um, Denathrius also had these just, like, you're blinking, you'll miss it, you're fucking dead moments, right? Um, but, uh, but there's just something about, like, the personal aspect of failing those things that, like is really amplified in sort of a frustration factor, right? Because what ends up happening is you have a pl you have a player who does not fuck up these mechanics, right? And has just like never in their life been hit by the arrow or whatever else, right? Like they just they are good about doing their mechanics and then you you're you're watching the same people over and over again fall through the bridge. Or or, you know, fuck up their arrow or whatever else, you know, like whatever else it, it sort of looks like. And that I think is maybe the worst kind of um spot to be in from like a teamwork perspective in the raid when you kind of can no longer trust your teammates right i mean I, I think on top of this too is like this is like this is you know when you're doing something so often that you start getting sloppy and that causes problems like you know and i will i will admit to this right like as it gets later in the night like i found myself like past 11 o'clock i start to like you know run out of steam and like the number of times i've like been great through like sylvanas pulls up until like that eleven o'clock part, and then I start rolling off bridges. It's just like, oh fuck me, right? Like, I absolutely. Oh yeah, I've been one hundred percent there. I mean, the famous one for me. To be fair, my th this is not a, w a one shot mechanic, but the one that happens to me all the time is I use heroic leap to get out of the darkness circle in phase one. So she does the big circle and I am like, ho ho, I'm gonna sit in here and get a couple more globals of damage, and then heroic leap out, and then I go and I look, I'm like. That should sound cool down. <laughs> I just have to take it. And, like, I, I think that one's pretty painless overall, right? Like, it's that's not the sort of thing that's going to wipe the raid. You can spread those stacks, you know, like, the, the healers can adjust to that one. But you can't adjust to getting one shot by the chain. No one can save you from that. It is, like, do not pass go. You know, do not collect yeah. $200. And, and the bridges thing, right? Like, you know, you can't even, like, use a battle res easily on those people, right? It's like, well, yep. I guess we got to get through this whole section and maybe res them when when, when we uh, hit the third phase, right? Like, yep. Yep. Yeah. It's also, the other thing is, it is a true throughput check, right? Like, it is a nail biter getting that one down, which is really interesting because I did not feel that way about Nizoth, and I definitely did not feel that way about Denathrius, right? Once we got Denathrius, like, like there, I was like, oh yeah, we have the damage to do Denathrius every time. You know, like I'm never worried about having enough damage to do Denathrius. Um, I constantly, the whole raid being up, going into third third phase, is sometimes like it feels like not enough, right? Because if you didn't get enough uptime on damage in the platforms phase, like you might just be walking in with a 79% instead of a 76% Sylvanas. 
and that 3% is going to fuck you, right? Um, and on one hand, I actually think that is a good interaction, right? Like, I will, like, I do think that the final boss of the raid should be that tough and should check multiple things. It shouldn't just be a technical fight. It should also be a throughput fight, kind of a combination, right, of what Guardian offers and what something like Paintsmith offers, right? Um, but, uh... You know, that just, like, it really raises the requirements of getting, you know, of getting Sylvanas done. Yeah, so so one thing, I, I, the only thing I think that, like, really aggravates me about the third phase is there have been several times where it feels like, you know, I'm doing everything right, and just based on kind of, like, the random scattering of the puddles, right, like, I get fucked, right? Like, it's like, I have to spend, like, five seconds walking around puddles to get out, or, like, the, the, our kill. I died on the first platform because I had to walk around the puddles and I didn't get off the platform in time. Um, yeah, that just yeah. I also think that the the nature of those platforms and puddles is really tough on. You know, like this is something that, that Luce says in the chat. Sylvanas is one of those fights that feels way more balanced when in smaller groups. I have way more fun in a fifteen man group instead of our giant twenty five man things. That's because the platforms are the same size, right? Yeah. The platforms don't get bigger when your raid size gets bigger. And all of the mechanics are the exact same size. So having more people in the raid where, you know, the the puddles on the ground taking up space matters quite a lot. Matters quite a lot. Yeah. Oof. Lou apparently has some thoughts about, about puddle strategies. <coughs> if you want to type that out, Lou, while, uh, while we talk about other stuff, I'm... Well, I'm... I do want to say that I like our... I, I, I like that Sylvanas uh, requires strategies, right? right. Like, one of, the, one of the best parts about raiding is that moment where you wipe to a thing and everybody kind of convenes around the war table, the virtual war table, and you go, okay, here's how we handle this, right? We got we to gotta make a new plan, right? You know, in on Sylvanas, that's stuff like... Save your cooldowns for the ad, you know, like for the ads. Don't blow cooldowns here. Do stuff there, right? Um, in the fa in the third phase, it was all about this puddle management. Okay, can we get people onto the back platforms and get the puddles off of those platforms so that we can um, get so that we, we, when when we get deeper into the fight, we are not running out of space or whatever. I think all of that stuff is great, and probably some of the stuff that really pushes it over Denathrius for me, right? Um, really, my core thing with Denathrius is how much it needed ranged to deal with those ads that were across the gap or whatever. Like, I think that that mechanic was was bad and poor and unfun. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but I also didn't feel like Denathrius had much in the way of this sort of strategizing, right? Um, all of the mechanics, especially in the third phase, felt kind of straightforward. Like, I was not I was not confused or i didn't feel like there was an alternate tactical approach we could take to get them down it was just a matter of did we have enough people up to yeah. get everybody there this, this were people what, using defensives that stuff this is what i mean when i talk about like creative expression in terms of like mechanics yeah. right like and I, I i agree with you there was like i think i think the um the soaks had a little bit of that for the nathries but i think that was more kind of like understanding how it worked than it was like actually strategizing about it um uh, yeah, so so Lou has some thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these out. So I think let's go. I, th I think your strategy works out fine for the first platform. We cluster on the side with the emblem, drop our, the puddles on the far side, and hop off and clear the side to the next platform. When we get to the second platform, though, we cluster on the inside edge, drop the puddles on the side we were going to have to run run to in order to get to the third. We we're actually making it more likely to pick up our uh, puddles in our frantic escape attempt. And Honestly, like I feel like that that rings true to me, right? This is yep. what I'm talking about. Like, you know, like, well, I guess I'm fucked by this, and it's either I die on the platform or you know I cause problems for everybody else on the next platform. Um, so yeah, yeah. I also think that that's the kind of thing that gets lost as you get closer and closer to the kill, which is like on one hand, sort of like a well-engineered game design because like 
it is getting the adrenaline up and my heart pumping or whatever. But on the other hand, it sort of creates that that, that sort of frustrating moment. Because when I enter into Sylvanas' third phase, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I can think about these sorts of like mechanics or whatever. But the deeper onto the platforms I go, the less I'm thinking about mechanics and the more I'm thinking about pumping. Because like throughput matters so much. Um, and eventually, you know, you get to this place where these sorts of mistakes are being made. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I think that's uh, obviously that's the whole raid. Did you want to talk about any of the other like little pieces like loot? Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, domination shards, shards of domination, domination sockets. This is the other gearing piece of the raid, right? The, the uh, uh, or not, not to Castanathria didn't have any of this stuff, right? The raid gear was just gear. Um, whereas in Sanctum of Domination, you know, you had these sets and then you put the gems in the sets and you upgraded the gems over time and all this other sort of stuff. What, what, what was your feeling about these, these gems and shards and all that? Um, I thought they were neat, but I, I felt like by just raiding every week, I pretty quickly got to like, you know, optimal state for them. Um, so, you know, it didn't feel like super, like I'm, I'm just like upgrading my off gems now just because, right. And like, I don't, like I said, I, or like I mentioned before, I don't really do mythic plus, so I don't have to worry about like swapping them around mm. for like optimal effects. So I've always just got my, uh, my, you know, my three piece for damage slotted in and just kind of leave it there. I think it's neat. I definitely think it was a cool thing to work for. And it was like on weeks where I didn't have progress anywhere else. It's like, well, I got another higher level on my gem, right? So that's like slightly more damage. Um, and, you know, uh, so I think I think that's a cool thing to work for. It's just, I know early it also felt kind of arbitrary. And I think I think I felt better about it because I managed to get my pieces quickly. But it's kind of like you have to hope to randomly get the right ones. And you have to hope to get a piece that like drops with a slot in it. And that, that amount of randomness felt like it could be like an unfair dps differentiator right like that's like that's purely on luck and a significant chunk of dps as opposed to being like you know tied to uh you know tied to, to skill strictly speaking yeah i get that for sure yeah my thing with shards of domination is I, it's kind of twofold one i don't like invisible power um which is like when something is increasing my damage, but I don't feel like I'm doing anything different, right? Like when I put in my unholy or my blood or my frost shards or whatever, I'm not really changing anything about my kit or my, you know, maybe maybe gear with frost shards because the frost shards want you to crit really badly. And it's just like the, you know, the power is just a raw percentage of strength or, you know, just this like flat number that is pulsing damage. And it just like is completely invisible to me, right? Um, when I'm getting power from stuff, I want to see it and I want to feel it by, you know, like activating it in a cool way, right? Or it makes me think about my rotation in a more kind of complicated fashion, which is what a traditional tier set does, right? right? Because it is affecting some certain aspect of my kit some certain part of my kit and maybe like a legendary you know like others other items have this sort of effect legendaries have this effect conduits can have this sort of effect that sort of thing um <clears throat> uh the other version of this to address what lou says in the chat you want a giant white beam from outer space first of all it was a giant purple beam thank you and um and my giant purple beam from outer space was fun because it was incredibly impactful right uh there was a lot of invisible power is in 8.3 with the nihilotha corruptions um and uh 
like where you just you had the corruptions and it did a lot of damage but the thing was because the visual effect was so huge and the damage was so high it actually did real really feel really impactful just because i watched the beam go and i'm watching it tick for 200,000 damage and i'm like oh yeah let's do this right like that's just like a great feeling right um and so shards of domination were kind of like simultaneously like too weak to make me feel like they matter, but too strong to allow me to ignore them, right? And um, and also too like intricate and unintuitive from a gearing perspective that it just made it hard for me to figure out what's like, okay, well, do I take 239 shoulders and I put in this gem, but then I also have 252 shoulders with better stats. And so it's just like, what a, what a fucking nightmare all that kind of comes down to. So I'm ultimately, you know, I, I appreciate the tech that went into Shards of Domination. And I think that I'd like to see something kind of use this sort of format in the future, a version of 10.0 or whatever, right? That includes, that includes pieces of gear and I can slot, for instance, what is essentially a conduit right, that changes my class gameplay in, in some small way. I would be down for that. That sounds actually pretty cool and pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> but as they were, Shards of Domination kind of whiffed for me, which... Yeah, no, I think I agree. You know, I, th I think that's kind of like the, the end for, like, you know, there's three options, um, and you pick one of the three, and, like, because they're like that, like that, you can't really have a lot of um, effect out of them, right? Like, a lot of changing it. Like, you want it, like... From a design perspective, it's easy to be like, and then and then the number is big, and everything is great, right? Like, and, you know, and you just kind of yeah. leave it there. And it's tough because, like, I don't know how you fix that. Like, on one hand, this actually solves a problem that we talked about in our last raid review, which was Nathria, which was the Shriekwing problem of just, at a certain point, you got to kill Shriekwing every week. Well, what do you do with that gear? You just fucking vendor it. Yeah, because, yeah. like, it's worth, you've seen it enough times that there's no reason to actually... Um, <clears throat> you know, there's no reason to like actually dedicate yourself to it in, in sort of like any way there's no, there's nothing to sort of fight for. I never felt that way about Terra Guru. Terra Guru is always giving me these Stygian Enders and I like powering that, that stuff up. But at the end of the day, you know, like that creates this like tension because now I'm also sitting here and I'm wanting to play alts, but I don't want to play alts in the raid because I don't have gems, yeah, you know, yeah. that are like maxed out or whatever, um, which is its own thing. So... I don't know. There's 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 a lot of that kind of stuff sort of swirling um, around my head. My kind of default thought is I sort of like the long grinds, but I sort of want them to be account wide in a way. I think sense. a version of things where if I max out my gems on Bairn, I can I should be able to just buy them, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe maybe you have to get the gem to drop for you the first time, but it drops at the at the level so that, that Bairn has. It, sort yeah, of thing. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, those those long rides are fun to do once not fun to do any more than once this is kind of my is kind of like my bedrock feeling um so that makes sense to me what do you what do you what are some of your hopes for for 9.2 when it comes to when it comes to rating <laughs> i don't know <laughs> have you paid any attention to that stuff nope. like you know wowhead news not or whatever no <laughs> Like, honestly, I want to know as little as possible about it. That way, like, I have something to do with my time when it comes out, right? Like, um, you know what? I'll Fair enjoy enough. it for a bit, and then, you know, who knows? Uh, oi. You know, uh, I'm excited to have something to do. Because, <laughs> like, right now, it's kind of like I check in every once in a while, tend my garden, commit some stuff, you know, you know, just, like, you know, pull, pull, pull out some resources, um, and then I do braid, and that's like all I'm doing a while right now. 
Um, yep. Yeah, on one hand, I sort of think that that's like, quote unquote, good. Um, there have been times when I've been sort of like off WoW and having it a, having it be a game that I can just kind of do whatever on the back burner feels good. Um, and like I don't have to put in a ton of time to get the, you know, to, to show up to raid with my friends, that kind of thing. Uh, but also content droughts suck, <laughs> you know, not having anything to do. Oof. Talk to your mushroom friend. Mushroom grandpa is the best. Even though I, you know, I have to say, I am amazed at the amount that 9.1.5 has gotten me to play these other covenants, especially because I'm the person that liked the covenant locks. I thought that that was cool. And it was neat that I had to make this like important kind of consequential decision. And now I'm the person that's constantly swapping my covenant because there's all this shit to collect in the other ones. So I have Baron at Renown 80 on everything, and I've been farming these different appearances for Anima or whatever. And it's like, damn it, this, fuck, fuck this, this sucks. I'm doing my garden and my Abomination Factory weeklies, you know, like every week or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, I like, I don't know. I, I haven't switched Covenants, and I don't anticipate it. It's like, that's just too much for me, right? Like, maybe I'll do it at some point for like, like, maybe I'll go do Venthyr, because I think Venthyr's neat, but like... Mm -hmm. I can't imagine see myself doing it for all of them. Um, yeah. Oh, but speaking of that kind of stuff, how has uh, your week been in the last like 10 minutes? In the, in the last five minutes, you know, um, how has my week been? The big thing is that last night, like I lost myself into Factorio again. Ooh. Rachel and I were just like talking about it. And we were just, she was just, well, so she was talking about a game called Settlement Survival. Have I ever talked about Banished on the cast before? Uh, I think you have. Yeah, yeah. Banish is a very small city builder from 2013 that is amazing, right? Um, and it got what we, I would call a spiritual sequel by a completely different company um, <clears throat> that we actually – I learned about this through my job, right? We were thinking about um, – they were looking for a publisher, and so we, we went back and forth on this or whatever, but they released, you know, like the actual game itself. It is just about kind of creating a, like uh, – Maybe like a colony. It's not like quite medieval. It's a little bit more than medieval, but like a Renaissance 1700s era kind of colonial era um, colony on, you know, like a continent. Um, and it's a city builder like that. And it is just really fun and addicting. Anyway, I was talking to Rachel about that. She was like, I wish I wish it was co-op. And I was like, you know what is like a builder that's co-op? The answer is fucking Factorio, which hit 1.0. You know, like the last time I played yeah. Factorio was like 0.6 or something, right? Like it was deep in early access or whatever, but it hit 1.0. So it has finally kind of gotten to this point where it is different enough than the previous times I have played Factorio to be interesting, right? Without also being alien, right? right? Um, so I don't know. That's that's my that's my like big big thing this week. What have you been up to? Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I played some CK3 over the weekend. I've been playing Guilty Gear. Um, I got, for a, a quick moment, I got to level 10 in the Guilty Gear Tower, and then I got, like, knocked back down to level 8. Um, <laughs> um, so that was fun. Uh, as I was telling you before the cast, Crusade of Kings, the game we played, was a clusterfuck, which was great. Um, I'm super excited for the new expansion coming out in February. Um, otherwise, we're watching the 30 expansion? Rock, um, which has been super fun. Um, you know, just like I'm in the final season, so you know, things are, I guess, wrapping up. Um, again, just seeing how all these things, like, you know, through the lens of the current day has been super fun. Um, uh, I don't do you ever get sad when, when sitcoms end? Um, kind of, I guess, but I don't really watch any of them live anymore, so I guess it doesn't matter. 
Okay. I've, I, I remember I was reading about this on Twitter the other day. Somebody was talking about how they hate watching the the end of the I mean, people don't like the end of the office or whatever, but they hate watching the end of the office because it feels like all of their friends are like moving on and moving away from town, right? Um, which is a feeling I've definitely had before about like, you know, like the end of community kind of hit me in that way, for instance, right? Um, which is like, there's not going to be any more of this. I like this, and it's and it's yeah. over. <laughs> like, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I don't know. the The first show that I think I watched all the way to completion, um, that would have like that was like a sitcom. I, I think was Seinfeld, and that ended very poorly. So you know, it was kind of like left a, like left a sour taste in my mouth. I was just like, oh, I I ate at a diner with Jerry Seinfeld the day that he quit Seinfeld. Oh, really? By not with him in like the same booth, but I was in a diner and he was also in that diner, and my dad was there, and he and he was like he. He, like he quit Seinfeld today, you know. Like in the, it was like the front page, or not today, but it was it was when the news broke. It was the yeah. front page of the New York Times or whatever. Um, that that you know he Jerry Seinfeld abruptly quit Seinfeld, and uh, <laughs> that is all I know about it. <laughs> I mean, the last episode's a clip show, um, uh, and like you know, it's also clip- that is maybe the worst thing I've ever heard. That's awful. It's it's a clip show. It's like Dave Chappelle leaving Chappelle's show. Actually, is pretty similar, I guess. Yeah, it's a clip show with like a not a great like. There's like um like the um the frame is that they're like at a trial for being terrible people essentially, which like <laughs> like this was like right around when I started like caring about like legal like this is like like around college when I was like taking legal courses, so it's like you know they're like. Basically, instead of, like, helping somebody that was, like, getting robbed, they just kind of, like, laughed at him. And so they got brought to court under, like, some, like, good Samaritan, like, like fake good Samaritan or, like, anti-good Samaritan law. And, like, and the first person was, like, this doesn't seem like a good legal, like, stat, you know, uh, good, good, like, a, a thing that would survive any sort of scrutiny. But on top of it, it's just, like, them calling witnesses, they tell them how terrible they were, and they played clips of them being terrible. So, you know. Uh, yes, it's dumb and I hate it, which I, I think Lou is talking about what about this. And if she's not, it applies here. So, you know, um, uh, Seinfeld, uh, not that I like Seinfeld anyway. And I hope that that's a tsundere because Seinfeld's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I enjoy Seinfeld quite a bit, um, especially the memes. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, like I said, I've been watching 30 Rock. Um, it's, it's, it's super like... I said before, like it's, it's interesting watching Jack Donaghy be like a better person than uh, uh, than than Alec Baldwin. Um, there's an episode at the end of the sixth season. Um, it's like I think the hundredth. I see the fifth or the sixth season. It's like the hundredth episode. It must be in the fifth season. It's towards the end of the fifth season, where they make the hundredth episode of the of. It's about the end of the episode of TGS, but I think it's also the hundredth episode of uh, of um, Thirty Rock, um, and in it. Oh my god, it is the 100th episode. This has forever bothered me. Okay. It doesn't make any sense by the lo- by like the lore cuz TGS has been running when the show starts, right? When when um 30 Rock starts, but it is the 100th episode of both 30 Rock, which each of those individual episodes are for different episodes of TGS, and some of them don't even seem to tie into episodes of TGS. But it's like, obviously the show has been running for greater than 100 episodes because you couldn't have this star come in and rebrand it to TGS halfway through its run if there weren't more episodes. Like, I, that forever will bother me. Eh, <laughs> like, I, but, like, 
it's I think it's fine though, because like like you said, I don't think necessarily every episode of Thirty Rock corresponds to one episode of TGS. It just feels like it does. Yeah. I guess is, is what I is what I'm saying. So, oh, God. Well, the point anyway. thing that I was gonna point out is in this episode, Michael Keaton plays a janitor on his last day on the job, and Alec Baldwin shoots him by accident uh, in part two of this episode. And so it's like, ah. I don't remember that. Uh, well, it, 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 it happens off screen, right? Like. Tracy, so the, the, the climax of the episode is Tracy Jordan goes on the roof with Kenneth and Tracy's going to shoot Kenneth to like finally like, you know, like to, to like degrade himself enough that like he can go back to being like a sleazeball because everybody expects too much or, you know, thinks he's too good now or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like typical tortured logic. And there's a gas like which is what causes it. And like Jack Donaghy wrestles the gun away from him. And as they run out of screen, uh, out of shot, you hear a gunshot. And and like so, and I think Jack Connie says like oops or something, and then Michael Keaton says like I made it through my final day. And he looks down. There's a bullet hole in his in his stomach. So, yeah. <laughs> same wow. lack of gun gun safety. You know, uh, you know I I don't know. I have I am not happy with the way Alec Baldwin handled his uh, his uh, the, the the thing that happened with him. Um, so. I don't know how it does how any of that works so well, so uh, take your word for it essentially he, he refused to take any responsibility for what happens okay you were holding yeah the gun, i've man. seen the, i've seen memes about it is really the thing yeah. and i'm trying my best not to form like entrenched political opinions about fucking memes on twitter yeah. like that are basically harambe memes yeah, right fair. but like for fucking alec baldwin <laughs> yeah no i mean there's there was like something similar it's like you know you know uh britney spears apparently like started selling nudes or something like that. Again, this is a very Twitter thing. And somebody's response was like, maybe there was a reason she was in her conservatorship, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, because, like, that's the thing that got, like, meme tower. It's, like, free Britney, right? It's like, yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. really had a good hand finger on the pulse of, like, Britney's mental health, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah. <sighs> Spicy takes. Do you have anything else you want to you wanna talk about about your week before we get uh, out you know. No, I, I didn't do anything else cool this week. Yeah. yeah. I started reading Fall of Hyperion, so I'll have an update on that. At some oh, and one thing I did start doing, and I just sort of want to ask this question. I started watching Westworld again because we're getting a new season of Westworld at some point this year. Uh, what are your – do you have any thoughts or feelings about, like, Westworld? I haven't watched it. Okay. It's just a matter of, like, you know, too much time or too, not enough time. And, like, it's like, I have all these shows I want to watch, and they'll sit down and watch 30 Rock. Um, yeah, the first season is phenomenal. I I think the first season is absolutely fantastic. One of like the best singular you know seasons of, of television I've ever watched. And then the second season is okay, but like kind of falls short of that by quite a large margin. So it feels disappointing in in sort of like retrospect. And um, and I was watching the third season as it was coming out, and I was not hooked by it. But being able to kind of binge it all together in a weird way, these sorts of shows make me. I want to binge them. I don't want to go week to week yeah. on them uh, because it's so much about these like twists and turns. And I just don't know that I have the patience to do that kind of shit. I just want to know, you know, who the, like, what is the mystery? Answer the mystery for me. I'm happy to sit another hour. Just answer this fucking mystery. I'm not going to wait a week for this. Right. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway. Um, and so I'm finding that the third season is better when I'm just watching it in a block instead of week to week. So makes sense. I don't know. There's that. All right. Well, I'm gonna say with that, we're gonna we're gonna call this episode. We're gonna say uh, 
You know, uh, if you'd like to email us about any of the things we talked about on this podcast, you can email us at subdurpsplaygames.com or podcast.subdurpsplaygames.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash subdurpsplaygames. These go out live, um, you know, and comment live like Lou has been doing this whole time. Thank you, Lou. Um, uh, we've got YouTube. We've got a bunch of other links to all be in the description of wherever you're reading this. Rate and review it wherever you're, 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 you're seeing this. Um, but do you have anything you're looking to promote before we get out of here? Uh, yes, a small thing that I would like to promote is we're doing two things. One, Occupy Movie Night is this Friday, and we're watching The Mummy featuring Brandon Fraser from 1999. It famously beat out my one true, my OTP with me is Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda and The Mummy both had the same amount of votes, so I gave it a lightning round, and I said, all right, the next person who responds picks it. Uh, and... Friend of the cast, Minga Neshoba, picked the mummy. So, get wrecked, me. Uh, and uh, and then I'll also be streaming this week, uh, which is actually kind of a neat small, uh, which is a neat stream. If you if you followed what we did last year, you might understand what this stream is, but it's technically a secret, so I won't I won't surprise. All right, uh, I won't ruin the surprise. All right, well, uh, in that case, you should check that out. Um, I'm going to say uh, until next time, your listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.